Welcome to this bonus episode of Forward Together, a podcast from the Arkansas Poor People's Campaign. I am Nate Davis, and in this episode, I sit down with fellow Arkansas Poor People's Campaign member Adam Cox to discuss his upcoming project to produce a music album. Adam has been a contributor to the Arkansas Poor People's Campaign movement for the past few years with his musical talents, and he was willing to sit down with me to discuss this new endeavor. In fact, the musical talent offered in this episode is Adam himself singing the classic resistance song, Everybody's Got a Right to Live. The Arkansas Poor People's Campaign desires to lift up those who are artists in our state who are using their creative talents, as you will hear Adam say, for the people. And now, a conversation with Adam Cox. Everybody's got a right to live. Everybody's got a right to live. And before this campaign fails, we'll all go down the jail. Everybody's got a right to live. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we're glad to have you on. And we always kind of start off each podcast kind of with an introduction uh, for the guest. So kind of like as far as as much as you would be willing to, as far back as you want to go, kind of tell us about yourself and um, who you are, even where you live and what you're doing now and any, anything that's going on. And uh, we'll start there. Uh, yeah, so thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, my name, of course, is Adam Cox and I'm from Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm originally from Oklahoma, but I've lived in Fayetteville, Arkansas for uh, I've been saying 15 years for a while now, no doubt about it. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I'm a local artist around here. I do music and write. Um, and I, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do anything that I can uh, art-wise to ensure that it's speaking on, the, on behalf of the, the, the people, you know? um it's it's where my passion is it's the stories that i want to tell uh it's it's the people that i want to speak about you know and uh and i can't really help myself it's just what i do where i am <laughs> well that's uh interesting uh you, you said that you uh do music and write that's not always a combination that you see some people can do good at music some people do good at writing you kind of do it both what kind of um, got you going with all that? What kind of got you to discover your your creativity and and uh, put you on this path you're on? Um, yeah. So in relation to music, my father was a um, uh, a minister, a prison minister specifically, and my um, uh, you know he he preached and stuff for sure. He could tear the house down. Let me tell you, but. Uh, um, but he also sang, had a beautiful voice. He didn't really play any instruments, but but the guy could sing, you know. Uh, his first cousin was Charlie Rich, right? Uh, like the famous uh, country western singer from like the 60s and 70s or whatever. Um, oh, uh, yeah, the most yeah. beautiful girl, the most beautiful girl in the world. Okay. Um, <laughs> and if you saw her, oh, tell her I love her. Uh, anyways. <laughs> um, that was his first cousin. He they grew up together and grew up running around and stuff. But uh, <laughs> uh, 
he had a great voice, sounded a lot like Charlie Rich. And, um, and then my mom played piano, my brother played drums. Uh, when I was little, I played a mean tambourine. And music is just what we did. You know, we, we went around uh, playing at churches or prisons um, my whole life growing up. You know, we did that five or six times a week, you know. And, uh, uh, and it's just what I've always done. It's what I've always known. You know, when we, when we traveled around, right, all over the state of Oklahoma um, and a little bit in Arkansas, but uh, we my father like wouldn't allow us to listen to the radio like driving in, in the we had a van but driving in the van we never had the radio on you know um so we just like sang songs and um uh, I mean mostly gospel songs you know sometimes dad would sing like Hank Williams songs and stuff like that you know uh yeah uh, it was pretty cool actually you know to um most all the music you were exposed to was 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 music that was actually happening moving right there at the moment instead of like pre-recorded things you know um so it, it kind of gave it a nice i don't know it, it, it's yeah i don't know i learned a lot from it got a lot from it no doubt you know yeah that's a really that's interesting because i know that when i hear a lot of artists even um those who are, you know, famous or not, who talk about their their uh, training as young people, it often does come from a family tradition, as well as you know, quite a few who cut their teeth in the uh, church tradition that allows them to eventually branch out. Even if they're not really singing churchy songs now, that's kind of where they got their they cut their teeth on. And uh, so that's kind of neat to see. That's kind of a similarity with you on that that front. That that's kind of where it it all kind of came from of a family tradition there yeah and it's and you know as far as writing goes I, I remember being young I was like probably eight or nine years old you know and um that we we had in the tiny town that I grew up in in Oklahoma we had a, a sundry store and in the sundry store they had um it um it's where we went to pay the water bill and uh he had keychain harmonicas in there, like these tiny little keychain uh, harmonica, and they worked, you know, but they were like miniature sized. Um, and I like begged my mother for weeks to buy me one of these things. She finally bought one. Uh, I brought it home, and my older brother and his friend uh, taught me how to play the blues riff. You know. And uh, so I spent all day long like uh, playing this tune and just making up songs to it, you know, like, uh, <laughs> and, be like and, and then we, we had to go to church, not church, we had to go to prison that night, church in prison uh, at, at Big Mac um, outside of McAllister. And, uh, and so it was like a two and a half hour, three hour drive from uh, where we were, you know, so like we're driving in the van and the whole way there i'm like i was a druggie got thrown in prison then i found jesus you know and uh and just having a lot of fun with it you know and then got to the prison that evening and there was like it was in a big auditorium there's like two or three hundred folks in it you know and uh and 
my father's up doing their thing, you know, and he, he it's time to for somebody to sing a special song or whatever. And he says, my, my son would like to come up and sing a song for you. Oh, no. And he sets me up on the edge of the stage and I sit there in front of all these women. I was a druggie. I got thrown in prison, you know, and and I just never looked back. I don't, I can't say why I have the drive to want to write music and write things and tell stories and do that. Like, I don't know where that comes from or why that's a part of me, but, it, but I can say unequivocally that it is a part of me, you know, like true and true. And I don't know how, how I couldn't be that. I don't know what else I would be, <laughs> what else I would do. Yeah. You know? Kind of part of your uh, essence there. And that's, that's a good thing to discover. What was it like having a kind of artistic musical family and, and being engaged in ministry work in prisons um, where you were to, you kind of got to work and express your musical talents. What was it like, you know, as a young person going through that and experiencing that and, and what did it kind of, how did it inform uh, the direction you, you wanted to go with your, your music and art? Doing like the ministry work uh you know when i was a kid or or following my father along in that it it it, it, it the deal is it's influenced it tremendously it is it, it is the major influencer and by that i mean the folks that i got to know that were in prison you know uh the folks that i got to know when we would do pop up stuff on the on a flatbed trailer in like some ghetto of a town you know um, dealing with winos and drug addicts and, and everything else, you know, what I found, um, and what I learned to realize, uh, is that those, that they're just people, you know, that they're beautiful souls, each individual, one of them, you know, are amazing people in their own right. And, you know, the folks that were in prison, they're like, you know, down on their luck in a hard way, <laughs> a real hard way, got caught up in a judicial system that is unfair, that is uh, unfortunate that they got caught up in it, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember shaking the hand and talking, having a conversation with this fellow that was on death row in Oklahoma. And um, I remember as a child being struck by how normal he was by how much he seemed like he was just like everyone else you know like everyone else and and it 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 really shook me to my core you know shook me to my core that this that this guy was being scheduled you know to be killed to be murdered you know and that like yeah all of those things really stuck out to me you know the state of Oklahoma did put that guy to death years later. I was an adult by the time they, they finally killed him, you know, uh, yeah. but they did They yeah. straight up killed him, you know? And yeah, I, it's hard for me to do music just for the sake of doing music. You know, yes, I like good tunes. Yes. I love to sing. Yes. I love to perform, but what are we talking about? You know, what's the story we're talking about here? Who is it that we're talking about here to me? Like, there are important things out there to address, you know, and it's, and I consider it not just my responsibility, but more importantly, my honor, um, you know, to be able to use my 
uh, let's say artistic talents and to be able to use my white privilege to lift up those voice, those voices that are unheard, you know, you don't get to hear from those folks ever, like in everybody else's minds, everybody in prison and stuff, well, they're just bad people, bad people, you know, yeah. messed up, they ain't bad people, they're great people, you know, got caught up in an unfortunate thing, you know. Yeah, I appreciate what you said there, I really love what you talked about, how there are people like us, they're just people, they're not um, unusually corrupt or broken that is people who found themselves in a bad way and mm -hmm. the humanity of those you're incarcerated are often lost and, and or not even if they're incarcerated, if they're caught up in uh, struggles with you know, addiction or coping mechanisms in their lives that um, are kind of causing them harm and harm to others. We lose their humanity and all we, we define them by those things. And um, it seems like what you're talking about is as you, uh, create with your music and, and your write. It's almost like all that, all those faces and those encounters you've had kind of, kind of always ever present with you and uh, to help motivate you to move forward in a certain direction. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I was thinking of one, one thing in particular when I was young, uh, I was kind of getting of an age where you really start to be aware of your surroundings, right? And um, at the end of the services in prison, mom and dad would stand at the door while everybody had to sign out uh, and they'd give them a big hug on the way out and everything. Well, here I am, this little boy, you know, and I'm expected to stand in line and give all these women a hug on the way out too. And, and I, I was like, all of a sudden I had fear about that, you know, like, ooh, you know, there's some sketchy looking folk, you know, <laughs> as a little kid, you're like, ah, you know. And yeah. so one day or one night after one of the services, we're like driving back home. And my mom says, you know, I want to tell you something about those women in prison. She says, there's a lot of those women in that prison that have children outside of outside of the jail. And there's a lot of them that won't ever see those children, you know, the rest of their life. They'll never see them. They'll never know them, you know. And just the simple fact that there is a child standing in front of them at this place that they can reach out and give a hug to means the world to them, you know? And anyway, she said it in a way that my little brain could comprehend, you know, and it, and it kind of like clicked in me. And, and from that point on, I was like, I'm, these women ain't going to get out of this building till I give them a hug. You know what I mean? I'm going to give them the <laughs> biggest hug they ever had. Nice. So, you know, I'd be chasing, if somebody like tried to sneak out, early you know i'd chase them out into the yard you know like in the middle of the night chase them out <laughs> in the yard to like make sure they get their hug you know it was like it was my duty you know <laughs> yeah that's great i'm sure that uh it was a rare occasion when you'd be uh you know your offer would be rejected <laughs> no yeah that never never those women <laughs> are you kidding me they you know loved it i did yeah. too i loved it too you know if you're feeling a little low and wondering where to go, cause the world has got you down right here in your hometown. Just stand with the PPC and we'll work to set you free. Singing, everybody's got a right to live. Everybody's got a right
you write and your music is is uh, for the people and you can't seem to get around that. What does that mean to you now? I mean, in light of what you shared about what you've been informed for the past, what does that mean now when you're talking about like my music, my writing motivated to be for the people? Well, you know, now I have to really thank a younger generation, actually, because, you know, there's a younger generation coming up right now that sees the world so drastically different than we've all seen it before. And, and not only can see it different and act in that world differently, um, by that I mean more compassionate, by that I mean more accepting of other people and who they are and who they want to be, you know, like, uh, and, and they, and they gave it a language, you know, we're going to call people, uh, uh, by whatever they feel. I'm going to, I'm going to call them by, you know, they, you know, instead of he, uh, I'm, you know, all of these things. And uh, they took sexuality, broke it into a thousand different pieces and said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, you could just be what you want. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I really have to thank that younger generation for, uh, the work that they put into it and, and, creating that language and creating those new interpretations of what it means to be human you know um yeah. i i know yeah. that that a lot of we'll say boomers or whatever can laugh that off you know and say oh these kids are crazy but i find it to be the most beautiful inspiring thing ever right. you know it, it is incredibly inspiring and so today you know for years my voice was for the downtrodden those that were in prison the, the ones that are that's obvious you know like yeah. oh this person is downtrodden he's homeless obvious you know uh this person is african-american you know obvious those pains are difficult you know that journey is difficult but but this new generation has shined a light on so many more types of people that are also disenfranchised that are that also don't have a voice in the system that we have that don't have a place within that um constructs you know and um, yeah, so I, it's a constant remolding and reshaping of my beliefs and who I am and what I represent. You know, I don't say things. I, there are songs that I wrote even just 10 or 15 years ago that I won't perform today because of certain underlining connotations to it, which were considered normal and fine at the time. You know what I mean? But today, you know, I've I've been given a new language. I've been given a new idea, you know, and I go, you know, that's maybe I should walk that back a little bit, you know. Uh, that's that's a really great and appreciated that as an artist, you have that kind of uh, malleability. You know, some artists kind of want to uh, defend their work, even if it's even if as a society and a culture, we're continuing to evolve. You now they want to make excuses about, you know, certain artistic work you've done in the past that it's just that was the time and it was fine mm -hmm. so that's kind of neat that you kind of have a you have a mentality of a humility it feels like that allows you to say all right that was then i've learned more now and i can move on and, and actually and it also shows that you are a creative person which means if you're creative you're not afraid of a new challenge you're not afraid of of being stretched and uh so i, I just kind of when i hear what you're saying that's kind of what it speaks to me yeah and and the ability to evolve you know like yeah. 
I want the rest of society to evolve. And if I want the rest of society to evolve, then it means that I have to be willing to evolve myself. I have to be willing to take the things that I, the things that I know to be true, the things that I know to be fact and stop when somebody tells me to stop and, and really look at that. I have to listen to that. And I have to actually look at that and go, well, (laughs) is that true is that you know what I mean like where is that coming from you know and if it's not coming from a place of you know of love of of um um authenticity you know then uh then we're getting rid of it (laughs) so you know I'm still I'm thinking about so many artists that they may have had some roots like yours where there's there's um inspiration you know into the lives of people who are you know are on the margins who have struggled you may themselves be someone who has been on the margins and there's still this this temptation this this um calling if you will to to set all that aside and pursue the um the big contracts the big money the big you know tracks and create these these uh, this music that is not necessarily to who they are but we'll get them good you know downloads on spotify and that kind of stuff now has that temptation ever been there for you or is it still there for you or do you do you have any struggle with that or do you always been clear out about the direction you want to go i don't know you know i've i've even just actually 2020 you know everything that happened in 2020 really you know the, the, there was this moment where the world stopped and when the world stopped it it, it all of a sudden we were allowed to turn our attention inward you know, um, and, and, and I myself included in that. And whenever I turn my attention uh, inward, you know, uh, of course you have all the, the normal questions. Who am I? You know, uh, what am I doing here on this planet? What is, you know, what's my thing? You know, what am I doing? I don't even yeah. know. And it's, it's funny that you kind of say all that because I actually never, my whole life had never considered myself an artist, you know? And um, now everyone, uh, everyone in Northwest Arkansas, if they refer to me, will say, uh, yeah, Adam, you know, the artist guy, blah, 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 blah. Well, fine and dandy, but I never allowed myself the, the recognition or the empowerment of calling myself that, you know, and, and like taking ownership yeah. of that. Um, I, I had yeah. lots of shame and guilt associated to that you know, and so to be able to um, go through 2020 and go through this introspective moment where I really realize all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, I am an artist. And the, and the thing that makes me yeah. a quote unquote artist is that I want to create for the sake of creating, you know, because I want to push the boundaries of whatever those norms are. I want to, um, uh, put a thumb in the eye of whatever those social norms are. You know, I want to push those yeah. boundaries. I want to be able to, um, um, again, create for the sake of creating, you know, uh, whether here's the deal, money and fame can never be the deciding factor on what art is or what art is, is good and what art is bad. You know, well, just because yeah. some guy paints a painting that he never sells and maybe just gives away, you know, does that make that painting uh, 
less righteous, <laughs> you know, less authentic. Right, you know? right. Art is art, you know. And if you're doing art for the name recognition, you're doing art for all of that. Well, okay, that's fine. That's your path, you know. But that's not what art is, you know. Art is for the sake of art, you know. And you can't, and you can't help yourself, you know. Like if that's what you do, then that's just what you do, you know. It, whether somebody's paying attention or not. That's well said. When you're in the music industry or, or an artist who expresses their their creativity through music, it, you, you deal with the challenges of recording labels and, and uh, you know, first of all, getting their attention if they want you or not, and they want to mold you into their image. And uh, so it really makes it challenging if you don't have a, a recording label or it's also challenging if you're trying to do it on an independent path because, you know, it it's not cheap. Um, have you ever thought about a label or is it a, have you always kind of considered yourself? Uh, you said you just now began to really embrace yourself as an artist. So maybe this never actually is something you considered before, but now have you ever considered trying to get a label to give you a chance or have you always wanted to maintain an independent so that you can have full control of your artistic expression? Uh, I mean, I would say at this point, I don't know. I haven't even thought of it that way, actually. You know, the work, the, the music industry is so different today, you know, so drastically yeah. different. Yeah. Like it's, it's just not even the same, you know, like I, you know, I know uh, I, I played and traveled full time, you know, uh, as a musician and for 10 years or whatever. And whenever we were doing that, the music industry had already changed that this is i stopped doing that like seven years ago eight years ago and uh gotcha uh, so you know the, the music industry had already changed at that point and you would have lots of like little independent record labels and different stuff like that that would that would talk to you and you know hey let's work together let's do something together and at the time you were like well what can you do that I just can't do myself, you know, like what, what do you really <laughs> have to offer me, you know, because we, we already know how to do right. the work. And with any project like that, you know, let's say you get a band together and you have this like thing that you're going to sell to the general public, you know, uh, you better believe, and there's people that win the lottery as far as like, they just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And somebody signs this crazy, stupid yeah. contract, but that's like one in a million, you know what I mean? That's like, that's not reality. Right. The reality is that if you create something that you're going to sell to the general public, um, it's going to take three years for you to perfect that first, you know what I mean, of you traveling around and doing all this stuff that you get comfortable into this, uh, to this thing, this character or this show or this whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, it gets comfortable enough that like, you know how to make work uh that, that that makes the crowd respond a certain way you know uh and so that takes three years well, and then it takes another three years on top of that just to turn a profit <laughs> you know where yeah. you're like, like get traveling around and doing whatever and you, when you come home you actually have money to put in your pocket instead of like well right. we broke even or whatever you know what i mean you can actually like pay yeah, some bills yeah. you know so it's really a, a right. labor of love in the sense that that you're going to spend quite a bit of time there in the beginning um, you know, barely making it just so that you can have a meager existence when you do make it, you know. Well, I've traveled to the east and I've traveled to the west. And everywhere I go, there's something you should know. 
for people rising up just to show us what corrupts a singing. Everybody's got a right to live. mentioned was um, even up to through 2020 as a time of introspection and uh, you realize that you carried a lot of shame when it came to identifying yourself as an artist um, first of all what kind of what led you to that discovery and um, how did you unpack that what is that where did that oh, shame come man. from oh my gosh uh, you're unpacking a huge can of worms here how much time do we have on that <laughs> you know what I mean? um, it's a therapy session isn't yeah it? yeah yeah uh, a lot of that, actually, a lot of um, uh, different types of therapy. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it mental health. You know, like I, I for the first time, like really started going diving into that. Um, there's other things too. Like we have, like I do. A, I have my spiritual practices and all my stuff, and it's private. You know, uh, that I do, and yeah. um, and uh, um, a lot of kind of meditation stuff, and uh, and going down that road, but. I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you this, 2020, uh, you know, I, I went around my whole life, my whole adult life with this underlining fear of abandonment, you know, uh, this underlining fear that I'm going to be alone, you know, and, uh, and to the point that like being alone in the house is, is was kind of like terrifying for me you know oh yeah uh, I, I came I came from a large family too so there was always people in and out of the house like you were gotcha. never alone you know uh, I always kind of attributed it to that you know that like well, well I just come from a large family you know what I mean so like I of course I had those underlining feelings or whatever but as I went on this journey this year-long journey you know uh, here recently um, I really realized that my fear of abandonment it doesn't come from actual you know anyone else or anybody abandoned me my fear of abandonment comes from abandoning myself and what my morals are yeah. and what who i am yeah. you know uh if for years and years and years my whole adult life i've i have suppressed all these different parts of me you know it was as though somebody handed me a box when i turned 18 and said here you go. Here's a box. And here's, here's how you can best be a man. Here's how you can best be a father. Oh, yeah. Here's how you can best raise a family. Here's how you can best, uh, 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 you know, work and find a trade or whatever, you know? So I've like gone my whole life trying so hard to fit into this box, you know, <laughs> like, I'm, you know, yeah. I can, yeah. I can like manipulate this, the sides of this box, you know, and squeeze myself into it. And I can push the boundaries of this box, you know, and kind of shape yeah. it into my own. Um, but the truth is there were, there were parts of me that, that just were not allowed to be in that box at all, you know, and um, 2020, and that introspective journey brought on the ability and the and really the bravery for me to step out of that box. All of a sudden, I first recognized that I'm oh I'm living in this box. It's somebody else's roadmap. 
This isn't yeah. my box. This is somebody else's box I'm in. You know what I mean? <laughs> handed to me by my mom, handed to me by my dad, handed to me by my, you know, siblings, by whatever, the world around me, you know? Right. And 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 all of a sudden I realized like, oh, why am I, in, there's no rules that say I have to stay in this box. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this box doesn't have to define me, you know? So, uh, so yeah, I, I hit a moment where I, I was able to, you know, A, recognize box and B, step out of the box, you know? And I'm in the process of stepping out of that box right now as we speak, you know, and um, learning to love myself and learning to, um, uh, you know, be grateful for who I am and what I do. And, you know, instead of having underlining feelings that like, oh, I'm not doing the right thing. I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to be raising my family this way. I'm supposed to be living this way. I'm supposed to be doing these things, you know, and I'm just, I'm done with supposed tos, you know, I, I know who I am actually. And I know how to take care of myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I know the things that I I love and the things that I want to do in life, you know, those are my dreams. Those are my aspirations. And I'm letting everyone else's go. Let it go, man. Let it go. No, that's beautiful. I really appreciate you sharing that. I know that um, this what you're willing to share that I think a lot of folks can relate to that. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, it speaks to me about that. I think we all go, kind of go through that journey of you know, when we leave our, our family unit that we're part of, our guardianship when we're kids into the adult realm. And there is a box there that we have to kind of, at some point we got to reckon with mm -hmm. and we can either reckon with it or try to deny it, but eventually we have to, we have to address it. And so, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. That's really powerful. And you talked about, you know, you moved from Oklahoma to Arkansas. You've been to Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas about 15 years or so. Yeah. And, I mean, um, I've been saying that for a while. <laughs> Sometimes it's been, you know, some time there, right? So, you know, of course, so you've experienced life in Arkansas and you experienced uh, all the unique uh, dynamics of, you know, the economic and political scene of Arkansas, especially in Northwest. So um, that brings us to the Poor People's Campaign. Now, kind of, first of all, what, when did you kind of get involved with the Arkansas chapter and also why? Why did you decide you wanted to be a part of it? Um, well, I, I just happened on it because, uh, well, I was invited, uh, Solomon Birchfield, um, uh, who's been one of the chairs for the state Arkansas poor people's campaign. Um, he, they were doing an event uh, in, in the neighborhood, uh, that, that I lived at and, uh, he had asked, I don't remember how he got a hold of me or anything, but he asked if, if I would come and. Oh, I remember Allison Williams was uh, doing some, had been doing songs uh, for the Arkansas Poor People's Campaign and, and working with them. And she was going to be out of town and they had this event. And so she said, well, call Adam. You know, Adam already knows all these songs, you know, like old, um, <laughs> you know, old uh, IWW, like union type songs and old, yeah, um, yeah. you know, uh, free songs you know like uh or or old black gospel songs or whatever you know and she's like adam already knows all those songs he, he could just come up and do it you know and so solomon uh, gets my number and gives me a call and asks if i'd be willing to do that and because i don't know who he is and i don't know anything about the yeah. campaign <laughs> but it doesn't matter like if oh you want me to come sing social justice songs sweet i'm there and uh uh, so then like probably a, a couple days or so days or so before 
the scheduled event, my wife comes to me and she says, uh, Adam, do you know anything about the Poor People's Campaign? I said, no, I haven't. I don't know anything about it. I haven't looked it up. And she goes, you, you should really look it up because I think you would really like it. <laughs> and so she showed me some <laughs> videos of like Reverend Barber talking and different things like that, you know, uh, both nationally and locally. And, uh, and I was like, oh yeah, this is awesome. This is great. I can get behind that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so then I was like excited to go. And then since then, uh, since I went and did that first little thing, I, you know, I was just kind of adopted in, you know, like, great, you'll show up to the next thing, right? Like, yeah, I'll be there, you know, and, uh, and I've been <laughs> showing up to whatever ones I can show up to, you know, when I'm around and, uh, and trying to help out when I can't always have like a, I'm really ambitious, you know, in the sense that like people will be like, we need help doing whatever. I'm like, I'm there. I got you. And they're like, actually, wait, wait, I'm raising four kids and I'm doing this thing. So it's going to be real hard. Yeah. To make that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, but I definitely, you know, whenever I can make it happen, I make it happen, you know? And, uh, but since then I was, uh, uh, got to go to DC with them, uh, one time and that was a blast. Uh, oh, I got to set in on it in a hearing in DC and, uh, oh, cool. like yeah and witness like reverend barber with some of like arkansas's representatives you know which was really awesome uh and yeah anyways it was cool to sit in that room when it all went down it was powerful great people i'm telling you the great. people that run the yeah. whole deal are like beautiful people you know uh, i just yeah. their willingness to sacrifice you know, uh, for the common good and to, to sacrifice for the cause that is the poor people's campaign, um, is, is great. Beautiful people. Yeah, it's true that, you know, we, we're just a, a bunch of volunteers. No one's paid to do this. And so, right. you know, you make what you can make when you can, right? So mm -hmm. not everybody can make every event and uh, not everybody can do every, every call to action, but, um, when you can come, it's definitely appreciated. And, you know, particular, I got to enjoy your um, contributions here recently at that March 15th, Moral Monday at the Arkansas Capitol, in which you were able to bless us with your uh, talents and uh, share some songs with us. So what's it like when you get those opportunities with, you know, like you mentioned, you, know, you, you like the idea of getting to sing these old uh, protest songs and whatnot. And also there's I mean, there's a lot of artists around the country here involved with this in the PPC, right? You get to meet mm -hmm. some of them, yeah. You know, and you get to collaborate with them. What's that been like for you to be kind of uh, on the on the music side, artistic side with the campaign? Uh, it, it's been really good. I well, I, I, I'll tell you a story that's kind of involving that. So when I went to D.C. with the Poor People's Campaign, uh, I I again. I didn't even know what I was really going for, what was happening, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they just asked me if I wanted to go for like a week or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'll go, you know what I mean? <laughs> Anything to get out of town, I'm on it, you know? And uh, I'll do whatever you want me to do, you know? And uh, so I, I go up <laughs> there and when I get there, I, I, I like, uh, I'm walking around with my guitar and I walk into the main hall right? Like I haven't done anything there at all. Like I just got on campus and I walk into the main hall where all the event stuff is going to be. And, and somebody who I don't know comes running up to me and like, oh, thank God you're here. Come up here quick, you know? And I'm like, okay. And they rush me to the front of the stage and, and there is, uh, <laughs> I'm really bad with names. So you'll have to forgive me, but 
the lady that's in charge of the music for the Poor People's Campaign, I don't know if you remember her name or not, uh, doesn't matter. Beautiful woman that I, she's going to kill me if she ever saw this. But uh, anyways, I, I go up there and, and here's this lady, which I, I recognize from like videos and stuff that I've seen, you know, and but I've never met her or anything. And and she's up there with this group of people. And and I walk up. She goes, oh, thank God. And she goes, we're, we're trying to do this song and we need somebody to like find the key and figure out how to play it. You know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. Like, what's the song? You know, and she sings it. Of course, I, I know what this song. It's like an old gospel song. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, it goes like this, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and then from that point on, it was just like totally adopted into, you know, anything, art, music, whatever there, you know what I mean? They, I just, I, I can show up to any event and they're like, oh, it's same thing. Like, oh, thank God you're here. Come on quick. <laughs> you know, come, come sit down. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this thing real quick, you know? Uh, and it, it's, it's really fantastic. And I had this moment in being in DC once I was there for a couple of days where they were having this uh at night they were having this song circle uh where you know musicians just sit in a circle a big circle and everybody takes turns singing songs right and uh you know they hey make sure to come to the song circle they tell me you know and i'm like well you know it's not really my favorite thing to do you know i'm like okay with it if <laughs> yeah. i have to but I'm, I don't, you know it's it's always feels real weird to me and i'm like oh you know but I reluctantly kind of go to this thing, you know, and when I get there, this lady, Sharon, who's, she's uh, somebody in charge of the Poor People's Campaign, she's there, and she sings, she has a real pretty voice, uh, but anyways, we're, the people were going around, and it gets to her, she stands up, and she goes, uh, she goes, uh, I I'm going to do this song that, uh, from an old friend of mine, and she went on to tell the story about her old friend and how her old friend had this other friend, this guy from Oklahoma that always had dreams and aspirations of doing tent revivals and doing all these things. And she like, this lady sat there and described who I was and everything I was about and everything that I've taught. So oh like my goodness. My, my like closest best friend, another artist who um, he unfortunately took his own life several years ago. Uh, he was a, a uh, an Afghanistan vet um, but anyways uh, she went on and on and on to like describe and I it like it freaked me out he's talking about and then she sat there and wow. sang my best friend's song you know like back to me oh uh, that we, we co-wrote so many songs together he and I and did all this stuff you know and here this woman is randomly this like girl from New York you know that's telling me all about myself and my best friend you know what I mean I was like whoa apparently he knew uh uh Sharon and the Reverend uh, Reverend um uh Theo Liz Harris I never can say her name right uh Liz um, Theo Harris there you go yeah uh he, he knew them before they started the poor people's campaign and stuff like years and years ago um just knew him from new york and that he would stay with them there all the time every time he was in new york you know and i didn't even know any of it you know and the, but this lady just straight up freaked me out man <laughs> trip. that was a pretty special music circle <laughs> it was wow. it was yeah, right it was, man, everything well, i take I, everything i said about music circles i take it all back <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great it's definitely a a legacy and an ongoing 
and a beautiful collaboration of artists within the Poor People's Campaign. And it's, it's neat that uh, you get to kind of connect and be a part of that. And yeah. again, it's not like it it takes being a volunteer, being willing to put yourself out there and, and uh, kind of letting things come as they go, you know, and it's, that's beautiful. As I reflect upon, like I said, the March 15th, um, World Monday at the Capitol, we were up there on the second floor on the rotunda and we were kind of getting everything ready. And uh, we were kind of like looking around. We had more police officers than we had people and they were uh, surrounding us pretty good. And it was, it was kind of an interesting environment. We didn't have quite the turnout. We hoped we would have, uh, of course, COVID-19 doesn't help. Right. And you step up to the podium and you, you began to play your, your songs. And as soon as you hit the first chord, it kind of just uh, captured the whole atmosphere and kind of set the mood. And it was just, it felt like something unique was happening from the, your insides. <laughs> and it could have been, maybe, maybe that's some of the manifestation of your introspection from the 2020 or whatnot, but it was definitely palatable and uh, greatly appreciated. And so that kind of leads me to, to be curious about, you know, observing you at that uh, March 15th event. And as you talk about 2020 and its impact on you, why now, why do you want to create this project now, this album? What's kind of, what's the, uh, what's kind of leading to this is the time to do it. You know, I've not recorded a real album in, I don't even know, close to 10 years, I bet. You know, I've done a few live recordings here and there, nothing like crazy. It was just a, a, a microphone and somebody recording, you know what I mean? Um, kind of just for fun. But as far as doing an actual studio album, I've not done anything that like that in about 10 years and have not even really considered it much. You know, I've just enjoyed going around and playing at rallies, you know, Black Lives Matter or Poor People's Campaign stuff, like whatever's going on, you know, gay rights stuff. You were talking about being at the Rotunda on March 15th and how that, um, that my feeling and, and everything was palpable. And I, it was for me too, you know, I had just come back, just come back from Oklahoma, uh, spending um, a week doing this um, kind of therapy thing uh, that's, I won't go into it because it's, but it, it was miraculous, it was beautiful. And I was super centered very grounded and very much in love with who I am and what I'm about and all those things like in a way I've not experienced as an adult you know and I had just come from that you know and then showed up there (laughs) showed up there and I I felt that too you know in the sense that you know I had a couple kids in tow I was running a little bit late normally under these circumstances my like anxiety level you know I might be calm on the outside right like no big deal I do this all the time but on the inside, I'm like, woo, <laughs> like, what? Woo, my yeah. anxiety, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, like, try, breathe, calm down, you know. Uh, but, but because I was in such a grounded place, I just walk in, no big deal at all, like no anxiety, no nervousness, no nothing. Anika comes up to me and says, you know, because I'm running late, uh, you can start whenever you'd like, <laughs> you know. I'm like, yeah, of course, <laughs> right now, you know and walk up, sing a couple <laughs> songs. And I just, I was able to just stand there and do what I love. And, and I, I witnessed that the same way you witnessed that, you know, and, and I, it really moved me, you know, I thought, yes, <laughs> you know, this, this yeah. is the thing, you know, and, uh, and then, and then later, Anika comes up to me, you know, I did a couple songs and a couple of people come up to speak. 
and uh, and then a couple of people come up to testify and she comes up to me and she says, uh, okay, you'll, you'll go next after this person. I said, oh, you to play another song? She goes, no, to testify. I said, oh, I was not prepared to do that. You know, and she goes, well, it's okay. You can just, you can just sing another song, do whatever. And because I'm like in this real grounded place, you know, I, I tell her, no, 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 I'll testify. <laughs> you know? You know? And was yeah. able to just walk yeah. up there and speak my mind. And it, it was as though, I was a child behind a pulpit again, you know, I, I recognize this place, you know, only this time I got to say what I wanted to say. I got to speak from my heart, not somebody else's heart, not somebody else's box, not somebody else's nonsense, you know, but mine. And, and that was like yeah. really great. And so when I left there, Anika says to me, she goes, Hey, I want to like, uh, help, help you out with like your next album. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about next album i'm not doing an album you know what i mean like i haven't even considered yeah. that at all you know yeah. and and we had a conversation about it and she's like look you're like in this transformational moment you need to get this stuff down you know and uh so right. I, I considered it for a few days and really thought about that and sat with it and and then and told myself yeah that she's absolutely right you know, like I, I should absolutely get this down. You know, it's, it's a big moment for me, you know. Some folks like to say, keep the markets free today and let Wall Street decide. But the truth that is a lie, cause it leaves out you and me, the folks that like to sing. Everybody's got a right. dive more into this uh, album project you're contemplating and uh, beginning to kind of imagine in your mind uh, kind of what's the um, what's the goal of this project and also kind of what you what do you hope to accomplish with it like there's a certain direction you want to go with it I have uh, I, I'm going to be working with uh, a fellow named Adam Putman who I've known uh, since since I was a kid he's known me um, but he has a fantastic ear, you know, a great producer and um, uh, the guy can record, you know, technician wise, he's amazing, uh, works magic. But um, I, I'm going to be working with him. And we, we were just having a conversation about it the other day. For the first time, I'm going to be going, in, I've never done this before, but going to the studio where, where I have, you know, a general array of songs, okay. Uh, but I don't have real particular ways of how I want those songs to sound or anything like um, like we're going to be showing up and and basically creating that on the spot, you know, like, you know, mess with it, mess with oh, it. Wow. OK, yeah. this is what we're going to do. Like, oh, yeah. What if we went this way with it? And then we could do these cool things and add all this stuff to it, you know. Uh, and so so really keep it free flow, you know, easy, open and kind of go where the song takes us, you know, rather than us pushing the song in a certain direction, you know, we want the song to take on its own form, you know, um, it, we just want to be 
receptacles of that, <laughs> you know, the fingers of that, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, so that's exciting, you know, like to be able to do that. And as far as the overall, what I want to get across in the overall theme of it is that transformational moment of 2020, you know, of this moment yeah. that, that us as a human race just went through. <laughs> You know, right. I want right. to I want to be able to tell a positive, uplifting story about that. You know what I mean? Like we have a lot of sorrows related to 2020, you know, and that journey that we yeah. all went on. We have a lot of pain associated to it. We have a lot of anger associated to it. Um, but I yes. would like to take all of that angst and all of that hurt and kind of morph it into instead a sense of hope of, of what can be. Yeah uh of of what we saw can be you know um yeah i want to take those feelings and just kind of roll them all up in a ball and see what happens to them i like what you're saying we do have a lot of healing to do in 2020 a lot of trauma to process and uh it sounds like maybe you're wanting to make a an offering to folks that can help them on that journey it's like you've been on that journey of healing creating an album and you can use a label the label has all the resources you, know, you just got to convince them that you're worth their time and money. You know, when you do it on your own, you got to kind of come up with, uh, you got to deal with your own obstacles. So, so what's kind of the, some of the major obstacles that, that you kind of face right now with uh, trying to actually, you know, get this album produced and. and out oh my gosh. Well, be, because we live in a capitalist society, money, money is the, you know what I mean? That, the, that's the yeah. biggest hurdle, you know? Um, uh, not only does it cost money to record the thing, but then it costs money to master the thing. And then it costs money to publish it and, you know, produce it, you know, have something physical. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cash uh, associated to it for sure. You know, and, and I'm going into it green in the sense that I don't have a, a project that I'm, that I've already been doing that I've been accumulating uh, uh, let's say, that I've been traveling around and doing this act, you know, like I, I don't have that right now. I'm actually starting literally from scratch, you know, like, uh, you know, yeah. and Lucas slapped me in the face and I woke up and went, Whoa, you're right. Okay, here I go. I'm going to do this thing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, uh, and, and here I go, you know, well, like you said, like you mentioned earlier, the normal process is usually what three years of crafting and, and, uh, refining through the, uh, the fires and the gauntlet of performing it. And then, you know, you don't have that. You're kind of going in with it. And, yeah. And, uh, I'm going in with it fresh. For sure. path, I, do, but, I do have a lot of, I have yeah. at least a lot of experience in it so that I don't have to yes. make a lot yeah. of the same mistakes. You know what I mean? Like this time going into right. it, like, yeah. I know I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay away from there. You know what I mean? So that's nice. I have knowledge, yeah. you know, you know, um, here in Arkansas, we do have a lot of artists uh, that are, a part of the campaign, you know, and also just um, we understand if, if from your own experience and others that you know, as a as a campaign, we are always looking for ways to uplift people who don't have the resources, people who don't have the advantages, the privileges to experience some marginality in their life, right? And it is our hope that as a campaign, we can support other artists as well as yourself. Uh, as from a, from a grassroots level, we're kind of that's kind of a value of the system, right? Is is that they want to be uh, grassroots driven? Uh, so, you know, thinking about how like like Anika, she approached you and said, "I'd like to be able to support you in your you know your next album project." And you're like, "Well, okay." Uh, we're also kind of making an appeal or making an appeal to folks 
out here who are listening to this and also can sh- who are willing to share with others, obviously financially, that's kind of the big obstacle. Um, so what are ways that if folks did want to, they're listening to this and they're, they're wanting to support a, an artist like yourself, uh, what are some ways in which they can get a hold of you, um, be able to, to offer some support to you financially and, and otherwise? Uh, well, I have, um, I have a Venmo, of course, and uh, which I can't, I don't have any of that information in front of me right now. So I'm not prepared to even say That's any okay. of it because I don't know, but we can like yeah, can yeah. give you the information. Um, I, I think I, I think I just gave some to Bert uh, Solomon the other day. Um, but anyways, I have a GoFundMe that we can do and I have a Venmo and, um, and then a cash app. Okay. And then as far as showing support when you don't have money to give, I mean, listen, it, it always means a lot on social media and stuff like that for, uh, to have feedback, feedback on things that you're doing, whether it be like a, a song that you posted or whatever, you know, it's, it's nice to have feedback on that. You know, um, it's, it's kind of like a show of support it makes you feel like, Oh yeah, people, you know, it's okay. People are into it. Yeah. You know? and, so yeah, that's always a great way to show support, you know, when you can't really give anything like like things and share things, you know, <laughs> it means yeah, a lot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah we'll put uh, in the show notes for this uh, episode, we'll put down your information you share, ways people can connect with you on that. And so it's been uh, great to be able to talk with you, Adam, and, and uh, appreciate you taking some time to share you know, your journey to where you are and what you're working on. And uh, it takes courage to do that and vulnerability to be willing to put yourself out there and uh, let people know what you're up to. And um, so thank you again for taking time with us. Uh, Nate, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it and uh, enjoyed the conversation thoroughly. Everybody's got a right to live. Everybody's got a right to live. Before this campaign fails, we'll all go down to jail. Everybody's got a right to live. I hope you found this conversation meaningful and enjoyable. If you would like to donate to Adam's music album project, look in the episode show notes for ways to contribute to him directly. As always, forward together, not one step back.